0: Welcome to the Engineer's Devotional. Episode 2 God's Design and Requirements We are back again with Genesis. We previously looked at the existence of God and comparing it with recursion under the cosmological argument finding the base case of the recursive function within the Bible since it is the source of all truth. We will be looking at some of God's requirements in the Bible and how this relates to system requirements. I will have to limit myself since there is so much content about design and requirements throughout the Bible. Trying to find all of these requirements would no doubt be very time consuming. We know as engineers that any system, there are design specifications and requirements that we use when designing and developing a system. Since God is the ultimate engineer, he has revealed some of his designs and requirements to us throughout the Bible. These designs may not be as detailed as some will like, but they are there. Remember that the Bible was written for us but not to us specifically. Context matters, whether it is linguistic, historical, or cultural. These same types of context matters when we also look at system requirements. As I read from Genesis, Job, Exodus, John, First Corinthians, and some others, think about these passages as it relates to system requirements. I would use Leviticus since there are a lot of requirements, but to make this a shorter devotional I will leave these out of my readings. We will start with Genesis chapter 1 and go to the first part of chapter 2. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, that were gathered together he called seas and God saw that it was good and God said let the earth sprout vegetation plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed each according to his kind on the earth and it was so the earth brought forth vegetation plants yielding seed according to their own kinds and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed each according to his kind and God saw it was good And there was evening and there was morning the third day and God said let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for the days and years and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth and it was so and God made two great lights the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth, across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves, With which the waters swarmed according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the waters, and the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. There was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day, and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. There's so much that is contained in those passages that I have just read. I'll share a few thoughts I had. 1. God is doing this development, designing, implementing, testing, and all of the processes and procedures that are required for creation. 2. The lexicon that will be used is shared in how the terms are defined, such as the light, darkness, the sky, or heavens, ground, and waters. This would be like a data dictionary of the system that is being created. Three, we understand that God has commanded his creation to be fruitful and multiply. This also would mean that he had sustainment and scalability in mind, such as resource management and garbage or waste collection in all areas of creation. 4. We understand that in this first chapter that God has also given each of his creation duties and responsibilities. From these verses of Job, we will read from chapters 38 and 39, in which God responds to Job. There is a lot of information that God is relaying about his creation in these passages. Job chapter 38 Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you, and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? on what were its bases sunk, or who laid its cornstone, when the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy, or who shut in the sea with doors, and it burst out from the womb, when I made clouds its garment, and thick darkness its swaddling band, and prescribed limits for it, and set bars and doors, and said, Thus far shall ye come, and no further, and here shall your proud waves be stayed. Have you commanded the morning since your days began, And caused the dawn to know its place? And it might take hold of the skirts of the earth, And wicked be shaken out of it. It is changed like clay under the seal, And its features stand out like a garment. From the wicked their light is withheld, And their uplifted arm is broken. Have you entered into the springs of the sea, Or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you, or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you comprehended the expanse of the earth? Declare, if you know all this, where is the way to the dwelling of light, and where is the place of darkness, that you may take it to its territory, and that you may discern the paths to its home? You know, for you were born then, and the number of your days is great. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow? Or have you seen the storehouses of the hail, which I have reserved for the time of trouble? For the day of battle and war, what is the way to the place where the light is disturbed, or where the east wind is scattered upon the earth? Who has cleft a channel for the torrents of rain, and a way for the thunderbolt, to bring rain on a land where no man is? on the desert in which there is no man to satisfy the waste in this land and to make the ground sprout the growth grass has the rain a father or who has gotten the drops of dew from whose womb did the ice come forth and who has given birth to the frost of heaven the waters become hard like stone and the face of the deep is frozen can you bind the chains of the Pleiades, or loose the cords of orion Can you lead forth the Maseroth in their season, or can you guide the bear with its children? Do you know the ordinances of the heavens? Can you establish their rule on the earth? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds, that a flood of waters may cover you? Can you send forth lightnings, that they may go and say to you, Here we are, who has put wisdom in the inward parts, or given understanding to the mind? Who can number the clouds by wisdom, or who can tilt the water-skins of the heavens? When the dust runs into a mass, and the clods stick fast together, can you hunt the prey for the lion, or satisfy the appetite of the young lions? When they crouch in their dens, or lie in wait in their thicket? Who provides for the raven is prey, when its young ones cry to God for help, and wander about for lack of food job thirty nine do you know when the mountain goats give birth do you observe the calving of the does can you number the months that they fulfill and do you know the time when they give birth when they crouch bring forth their offspring and are delivered of their young their young ones become strong they grow up in the open they go out and do not return to them who has let the wild donkey go free who has loosed the bonds of the swift donkey to whom i have given the arid plain for his home and the salt land for his dwelling-place he scorns the tumult of the city he hears not the shouts of the driver he ranges the mountains as his pasture and he searches after every green thing is the wild ox willing to serve you will he spend the night at your manger can you bind him in the furrow with ropes or will he hurrow the valleys after you will you depend on him because his strength is great and will you leave to him your labor do you have faith in him that he will return your grain and gather it to your threshing floor the wings of the ostrich wave proudly but are they the pinions and plumage of love for she leaves her eggs to the earth and lets them be warmed on the ground forgetting that a foot may crush them and that the wild beasts may trample them she deals cruelly with her young as if they were not hers though her labour be in vain yet she has no fear because god has made her forget wisdom and given her no share in understanding When she rouses herself to flee, She laughs at the horse and his rider. Do you give the horse his might? Do you clothe his neck with a mane? Do you make him leap like the locust? His majestic snorting is terrifying. He paws in the valley and exults in his strength. He goes out to meet the weapons. He laughs at fear and is not dismayed. He does not turn back from the sword. Upon him rattle the quiver, the flashing spear, and the javelin. With fierceness and rage he swallows the ground. He cannot stand still at the sound of the trumpet. When the trumpet sounds, he says, Aha! He smells the battle from afar, the thunder of the captains and the shouting. Is it by your understanding that the hawk soars and spreads his wings toward the south? Is it at your command that the eagle mounts up and makes his nest on high? On the rock he dwells and makes his home. On the rocky crag, and stronghold. From there he spies out the prey. His eyes behold it from far away. His young ones suck up blood, and where the slain are, there he is." From Job 38 and 39, we can gather that there are so many rules and behaviors that God has determined from the beginning of his creation. Not only has he determined the actions of his creation and what rule they should follow, he actively commands actions of his creations. We may not know why an animal was programmed the way it was, or why a rule was put into place, but the Heavenly Father does. Since he was the designer and creator of all things, we must trust his judgment and his design. He does not make mistakes. As you may have guessed from the book listing of Exodus, I will also use the Ten Commandments as an example of God's requirements. You can really see the requirements when these statements from God is read like the shalls, the wills, the do's, and do nots, are usually a good sign of requirements. Exodus chapter 20. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. These commandments were not just in Exodus, they are also in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. In John 13, Jesus has given a commandment to the disciples, which patterns his own life. John chapter 13. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we will pick up the answer to the first answer to the first question of the Westminster Sort of Catechism. What is the chief end of man? All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbour. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market, without raising any question on the ground of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. If one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner, and you are disposed to go, eat Whatever is set before you without raising any question on the ground of conscience. But if someone says to you, This has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it, for the sake of one who informed you, and for the sake of conscience. I do not mean your conscience but his, for why should my liberty be determined by someone else's conscience? If I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounce because of that for which I give thanks. So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the Church of God, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that they may be saved. If you miss the answer to the question one, it is in first Corinthians chapter ten, verse thirty one. So, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And the question is, what is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. As we read and study scripture, we will see many designs and requirements that God has revealed to us about His creation. If we only look to Him for our answers, God has created everything, and with that, everything exists to glorify Him. With everything you do, you do it to glorify God. Whether it is designing, writing requirements, writing software, or drawing up blueprints, you do everything as if you are doing it for the Lord. I will end with Psalms from chapter 19 and 24. Psalms 19 To the choir-master a psalm of David the heavens declared the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words, whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them He has set a tent for the sun Your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my Rock and my Redeemer. Psalm 24. A psalm of David. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein